Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to The China Guy. Thank you for tuning in because we have a very exciting topic for you today. About two weeks ago, myself and my wife went on our first major trip outside of our home turf of Shenyang to the wonderful city of Hong Kong. I thought it would be interesting to showcase some history and culture of that famous city and give you some pointers about where to go and how to spend your time. First things first, the history. If you ask any mainland Chinese person, they will tell you that Hong Kong has no history. That's not exactly true, however. While Hong Kong doesn't have thousands of years of imperial history like mainland China, this compact little city is full of history in every last corner. To abridge a few hundred years of history, the area that we know as Hong Kong was just a collection of fishing villages until the 19th century. Yet the Opium Wars of that century would change this area forever. In the early 19th century, Great Britain was pumping China full of opium in exchange for exports of tea. Well, in the 1830s, the Qing Dynasty decided to put a stop to this drug trade and banned all imports of opium into China. As you can imagine, the British were none too happy with this arrangement. The first Opium War of 1839 was fought for these reasons and ended with British control of the island of Hong Kong. At the conclusion of the war, the British demanded that they would be ceded a port in China in order to watch over British interests in this area. Perhaps the Chinese laughed when they gave over the island of Hong Kong, a mountainous jungle island with a small population and zero infrastructure. Yet over the course of the next 100 years, Hong Kong and the surrounding area would be transformed by the presence of the British Empire. Initially, Opium trade and imports provided the bulk of the economy in the colony, but by World War II, Hong Kong had diversified into a variety of other industries, and today stands as one of the banking and financial capitals of the world. Yet while the British Empire had a major effect on the culture of Hong Kong, it no longer controls the city as a colony. Just as the island Hong Kong was ceded in perpetuity to Britain in 1841, so was the Kowloon Peninsula after the Second Sino-Anglo War in 1860. Yet the largest part of Hong Kong, known as the New Territories, was lent to the British in a famous 99-year lease in 1899. While sparsely inhabited, the New Territories were so crucial to the well-being of the city that the British agreed to transfer the whole colony over once the lease ended in 1997. Currently, Hong Kong is considered part of the People's Republic of China, yet operates under a strange system known as the One Country and Two Systems policy, which means that it still maintains its capitalist economy and civil liberties. This includes being outside the now famous Great Firewall of China. Interestingly, crossing the land border from mainland China into Hong Kong is much akin to crossing an international border. The city of Hong Kong is broadly divided into four different regions. The first is the main island, known as Hong Kong or just the island. This is the most famous part of the city and the oldest. Here you will find Victoria Peak, the tallest point in the city with magnificent views of Victoria Harbor below. You can also pay a visit to Hong Kong Park, go shopping at some of the swankiest malls in Asia, and go on a pub crawl in Soho, a bar and restaurant district that lives up to its name. The feeling on the island is unlike anything I've ever experienced in China. Well, technically, yes, you are still in China. 
there were an abundance of foreigners living and working in the area, mostly people from Australia, the U.S., and the U.K. This part of the city is extremely Western and doesn't really feel like being in China. Indeed, it's probably one of the most cosmopolitan areas in the world. As an example, I would bet you could find any kind of food on Hong Kong Island, from Nepalese to Italian, and it would all be delicious and all served in this quasi-European environment. Brilliant. While Hong Kong Island is notoriously expensive, there is some cheap fun to be had if you know where to look. For some traditional Hong Kong culture, I recommend heading to Hong Kong Park, where you can visit the free aviary with hundreds of gorgeous tropical birds. You can also tour the Flagstaff House Museum of Tea, also for free. There are also free tea tastings outside the museum, where a local tea expert will show you the proper way to brew tea in the Gong Fu method, which translates to brewing tea with effort. Heading north, across Victoria Harbor, you arrive in Kowloon, the other major urban region of Hong Kong. Kowloon is the Chinese brother staring across the water at its British sibling. In Kowloon, you are less likely to run into a foreigner, and the food is cheaper, more Chinese, and the streets are much, much more crowded. Must-sees in Kowloon include the Hong Kong History Museum, the waterfront with spectacular views of Hong Kong Island, and the teeming markets of Mong Kok and Ladies Market. Full disclosure, I think I enjoyed Kowloon more than Hong Kong Island. Now don't get me wrong, I love the European feeling and the amazing pub scene. But something about Kowloon's energy was just infectious. I could spend hours wandering its mazy streets and markets. A big shout out here to Dim Dim Sum, an excellent restaurant in Kowloon. Hong Kong is famous for dim sum, which is a type of Chinese tapas or snacks. Dim sum dishes include steamed barbecue pork buns, shrimp dumplings, and delicious custard buns. Dim Dim Sum served up some delicious dim sum and was one of the best meals I've ever had in China. And this isn't a paid ad or anything. This podcast is way too indie to earn an ad. If you're looking for some nice, authentic Hong Kong dim sum, check it out. On the subject of food, other must-tries in Hong Kong include Hong Kong-style milk tea, pineapple buns, and the unforgettable egg tarts, which are tiny tarts with a crispy, flaky crust encasing a creamy custard filling. It sounds simple, but it's hard to pull off, trust me. The egg tarts at Chinese KFC just taste like scrambled eggs with sugar. Hong Kong is known as one of the most densely populated cities on the planet, yet there are some hidden gems of nature and wilderness out there within easy reach. For just an afternoon's trip, you can take a bus on Hong Kong Island going towards Sheko Beach and get off at the Dragon's Back Trailhead, where you can hike along the central mountains that make up Hong Kong Island. You can even hike the trail all the way to Sheko Beach, one of the most popular beaches in Hong Kong with locals and tourists alike. If you're looking to get further afield, you can head out to Saiwan Beach on the Kowloon side of the city. Trust me, it's on Kowloon. There is another Saiwan Beach on the island, but that is a different beach entirely. Don't let yourself get turned around. To get to Saiwan, the wife and I took a bus from Kowloon into the suburb of Sai Kung, which is a little town on the ocean with lots and lots of foreigners living there. But if you get to Sai Kung, you can take a taxi to the Saiwan Trailhead and then hike into the village. The map says it takes about an hour, but the hike can be done in about 30 minutes. Once on the trail, you are transported to another world. Gone are the teeming anthill skyscrapers of a Hong Kong and its frenetic streets. The only companions you will have on your hike 
maybe a wild boar or a herd of black cows. It's hard to imagine you were still in Hong Kong when you walk past waterfalls and vast tropical valleys. Once in the village, you can rent tents, sleeping bags, and other camping gear from the shops in the village, who also sell drinks, water, and young fresh coconuts. There are also a couple restaurants in the area that have some pretty good noodles. So if you are looking to get out of the hustle and bustle of Hong Kong, and maybe do something a little more daring, I'd very much recommend hiking out to Taiwan and camping on the beach. Well, that's all we have for today, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this quick episode. Our next episode, we're going to return to some deeper history. I haven't decided what the topic will be yet, but if you have any suggestions, uh, you can tweet at me at China Guy Podcast or leave a comment on SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our new website as well, uh, chinaguidepodcast.com. All one word, no caps. And I hope to catch you next time on The China Guy. Thanks, and zai jian.